Hello, I'm Justin from Austin, Texas. I'm Matthew Workman from Medford, Oregon. I'm Zach from Chicago, Illinois. The Sound of Young America is produced independently and supported by listeners like you and me. If you'd like to support the show, like I did, just visit MaximumFun.org slash donate. I'm Jesse Thorne, live on tape from my house in Los Angeles. It's The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org and PRI, Public Radio International. It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest on the program is the actor Elijah Wood. He's been acting professionally since he was just seven or eight years old. In fact, he was in a Paula Abdul video. He was an acclaimed child actor and has been the rare child actor that has managed to sustain his career consistently ever since his childhood. He's, of course, best known for his work in the Lord of the Rings movies, but his other films include Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, among many others. His new movie is called The Romantics. It's released September 10th, 2010. Here he is in the film, making a somewhat drunken rehearsal dinner speech. Let's face it. My sister is perfect. Everyone here knows it. If you're a chick, you've spent your life fighting the urge to kill her in her sleep. If you're a guy, you've spent your life trying to sleep with her. Admit it, Jake. Admit it. You admit it. Don't worry, Weezy. You never got anywhere. (laughs) Um... Dad, I know it's been hard to embrace the new in-laws, but don't worry. We only have to spend Christmas and Thanksgiving with them every year for the rest of our lives. (laughs) Wait, do Irish people celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah? Elijah, welcome to the Sound of Young America. It's great to have you on the show. It's a pleasure. Um, So I mentioned on on my Twitter that uh, you were coming in today, and someone who is from your hometown Mm -hmm. uh, mentioned that it smells like Quaker oats. Is this something that you remember? Oh, yeah. Cedar Rapids, (laughs) Iowa? Yeah. Yeah, there's a massive factory that my mom used to work in, actually. Um, and so the entire town smells of, yeah, Quaker Oats. How old were you when you moved to, when you moved to LA? I was seven. I think I turned eight when I moved here. Did you move to LA to work in the entertainment industry or was it for other reasons? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, in in essence it was, um, my brother who's seven years older than me, um, Zach was, was in school doing, um, drama and musicals already. And he had a, a sort of vested interest in performance and in acting. And my mom put put both of us um, in a in a modeling school. Ultimately, the school traveled out to Los Angeles. Like some of the students came out to LA for this modeling and talent convention. My brother and I competed in it, and it was there that I met an, a manager who asked me if I wanted to become an actor. I think I was I was seven at the time, and I I started auditioning. I enjoyed that process. After six weeks of auditioning, I got my first job, which was the Paula Abdul music video. And this is Forever Your Girl, where it's Paula Abdul teaching dances to little kids. Yes. 
Yes. And then I there, just watched it. That's why. Did you? <laughs> yeah. And there are also young, like my, I play a young executive. So they also put kind of kids in adult roles. It was, it's very, it's an intensely They did meta a take video. off on the Robert Palmer video as well with the girls. Yeah. It's sort of like, it's sort of like, sh- it's shooting multiple realities. Yeah. One of which is where kids are Paula Abdul. One of which is where Paula Abdul is teaching kids to be like Paula Abdul. Yeah. One of which is a storyline involving kids, and one of which is Paula Abdul just doing Paula Abdul stuff. Plus, <laughs> it's very multidimensional. It's a very Brechtian situation. Indeed, the V effect is in full effect. They're showing like <laughs> the different. They're showing the lights and the setup of the rigging as well. Right. You know, uh, David Fincher directed that. No, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. Bravo. <laughs> Before he started directing movies, um, from there. I started doing commercials, and, and I got my first job in a film, which happened to be Back to the Future 2, which was some kind of dream come true for someone of my age. I mean, I grew up watching the original film. I watched the video, and you're wearing an amazing space hat. Also. Pretty amazing, right? Yeah. I think it was, I think it was some, like, uh, kitchen utensil was the, the hat. <laughs> it really looked <laughs> like, like... a strainer or something. Um, in fact, let's, let's play that little scene uh, from Back to the Future 2. Taught me about these. It is wild gunman. How do you play this thing? I'll show you, kid. I'm a crack shot at this. You mean you have to use your hands? That's like a baby's toy. Hmm. Baby's toy. After that, like it, you were, you were in films pretty quickly. Yeah. And pretty consistently. Yep. The part that I have a hard time imagining about that... <laughs> Let me help you. ...is it's not doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. That seems fun. Sure. Um, and I bet everybody's, like, cool and nice and interesting, and you learn a lot. Like, yeah. I, don't, I, I don't imagine a world in which you're, like, you know, hurting for want of more classes at school or something. Sure. Um, but what I wonder about is sort of not having... a peer group mm-hmm. like one of the big things about school is having these people that you you know these 25 or 40 or 100 people mm-hmm. that you move through ages with yeah and also learn you know you learn about yourself and you learn about interacting with people and you come to know who you are in the context of that larger group totally. sure yeah, that was something that I didn't necessarily have in the traditional sense at all. Um, because I was working from such a young age, I was traveling so much, and I was m- mainly surrounded by adults, which had its benefits. I mean, you know, I certainly learned a lot and, and you know, met a, a diverse mixture of people. But I didn't really have what I felt to be my own peer group until I was 16, I think I grew up faster because I was meant to be professional on set and hold myself in a certain way. And, you know, there, I had to sort of behave as an adult amongst adults in that world from a young age. So as a result of that, you know, kids my own age or even teenagers when I was a teenager, I couldn't relate to them as well. I related to people that were five to ten years older than me. Um, and it wasn't really until I was kind of 
in my early late teens, early twenties that I I developed what I felt like was a, a true peer group of you know my friends that were my age. Um, so it's it wasn't it's not something that I look back on um, with regret because it shaped me to be the person that I am. You know, I think there definitely was a period of time where I, I felt like I was missing out on on having friends um, in the normal sense. But it's the sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest is the actor Elijah Wood. He went from being a child star as a teenager to being an adult star in The Lord of the Rings and other films. His newest movie is called The Romantics. It comes out September 10th. You had this huge, epical role in these Lord of the Ring movies. Mm. And it must have been a pretty huge, epical thing in your life, mm. like a mega semester at, a semester abroad. Mm-hmm. The idea that you're just going to go to a, you were a very young man at the time, go to this foreign country, literally halfway around the world, mm-hmm. and just like live there for a long time with a bunch of people you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is like college, isn't it? How did you feel about taking on not just that sort of artistic challenge, but that huge kind of life, life obligation? Commitment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I saw it as a multi-dimensional experience, you know, both for what you're saying, challenging as an actor in terms of the responsibility of playing a famous literary character in the context of um, this incredible piece that is loved by so many people and the responsibility of bringing that to the screen. But for me, what was even more exciting and profound was, was the notion that I would be traveling to this foreign country and living away from home for the first time, really, for that length of time, as an independent individual, as an adult. Um, it was a real rite of passage, a, a real coming of age, you know. Um, and with serious work to do, too. Like, that wasn't the only <laughs> challenge. Like, you have a, you know... Yeah. Yeah, it was. And it was it was a massive amount of work. Um, I've I've never... I don't think I've worked so hard in my life um, or taken something as seriously as that whilst having such an incredible time. Good use of whilst. Making, thank you, making some of the best friends of my life. Making a film is oftentimes like joining a family for a very short amount of time. Um, And for all of us, what was so unique about Lord of the Rings was the length of time that we were there. You know, it was 16 months of principal photography and an, an additional two to three months per film following that. So it was the better part of four years of our life. You know, it took the notion of, of, of a family atmosphere within the context of three months to a massive scale where they, you know, they really genuinely became a part of our life. Um, that country became a part of our life. And the timing of it was so extraordinarily right on. <laughs> like, I was 18 traveling abroad for that length of time. And it literally was like going to college. It was the perfect timing. Um, And in so many ways, it reflected probably that experience. I mean, how do you think you were changed by it? Um, You know, I think at, at at the age of 18, you are defining yourself as an individual and as a man or or woman and for me 
you know, it was the, it was that time of, 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 of true growth, of true ownership of who I am and, um, having life experiences there that I'd not had before. Fighting a dragon. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, creating bonds with people that I had, because I was traveling so much, especially as a teenager, I didn't necessarily have a strong base of friends at home. And so New Zealand and the people that I made that those films with, they all became my friends and my family in a way that I'd not had before. Um, and so many of them I'm still so close with. Uh, so that had a huge impact on me. Tell me about the experience of sort of watching that phenomenon play out back in the United States. Because the the mm. two remarkable things about this are, one, that you shot it over this huge period of work before mm. any movies came out. And the other is that then outside of, you know, recording, you know, recording loop dialogue and little tweaks in so on and so forth, this sort of four or five year period, however long it was between the first movie and the last movie, mm-hmm. Um, is playing out without you going back and shooting very much of anything else. Yeah. Um, what was it like for you to see this thing happen that you were over and done with over that long of a period of time and that epic of it, that huge of a scale culturally? Yeah, it was surreal. Um, we actually did go back every year. So each each individual film had their post its, its own post-production period, um, the year that it, was released. So we would go back generally around August or September or even July of the year of that, that film's release and shoot additional footage and do all of our ADR then. Um, so in a lot of ways we, we felt like we were still working on it, but that didn't detract from the, the sort of surreal nature of the movies coming out and grabbing people's attention beyond what we could have imagined. You know, I think we, we knew that there was a built-in audience for the films. We, we knew that they were probably going to be successful, but I don't think anything could have prepared us for how massive they became and how kind of embraced by pop culture they became. And it, it is, it's surreal when you're, you know, you, you recognize something in the context of, of working on it and all of the experiences that you had working on it, both good and bad and, that's your that's your perspective and then, and then it comes out and you see you know giant posters around the city and you know there were there were billboards that were as tall as buildings and then the films come out and and you know they have the sort of critical reception that they have and then the kind of massive fan base you sort of t- took stock of what was going on with you there around the end of that and Decided to go start a, a record label. Right. The perfect time to get into the record business. Yeah, isn't it great? Yeah. <laughs> um, why would anyone in 2006, was it was a 2006 I think it was, yeah. Uh, why would anyone decide to pick that moment to open As a business? A, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was something I'd always wanted to do. Um, I certainly didn't start it as a business, um, you know, with the mind that it would make a lot of money. Um, it was really purely out of love for music. I, I, I love music. I've, I've been a huge music fan since I was young. And I just love the idea of, of being a part of putting something out that I 
think is good and deserves to be heard and something I believe in and just a part of that process. Um, so I was thinking about it and I thought, well, I'll, I'll start a small record label and put out a few records um, for fun. And that's kind of really the, the, um, the ethos by which it was started. And the way that it ultimately got started was that I, I'd met the Apples in stereo at, the, uh, at South by Southwest. They had done a, a showcase show when they were at a, a different label. A couple of years passed by. They found out that I was trying to put a, a label together. Um, and that's kind of how Simeon Records got started is we ultimately decided to do a co-release with Yep Rock Records. And then I, I signed a kind of um, imprint deal with them and effectively got started with a band that I've been a fan of for years. So it was sort of a treat for me. You finally got to live your character from the Paula Abdul video. <laughs> The record executive. Yeah. Right. So mostly the, I, what I picture is <laughs> apples in stereo in their funny outfits sitting in front of a giant desk and then you snapping a pencil Yeah, and half. you know I sit in front of that desk with my suit on staring out contemplatively out the window. The Sound of Young America is supported in part by VG Kids, printers of T-shirts and other merchandise for touring bands, radio stations, websites, festivals, derby girls, record labels, national brands, and all the rabble-rousers, hackers, and entrepreneurs in between. Online at VGKids.com. And Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered. Online at ask.metafilter.com. Do you live in Denver, Colorado, or in Virons? Well, I've got good news for you. We're having a Max Fun meetup. Teresa and I are going to be in town for the Public Radio Program Directors Conference. And so we're having a meetup on Thursday, September 23rd from 5.30 to 7 p.m. at Sweet Action Ice Cream. You can meet us and meet other Max Funsters from the Denver area. And, uh, you know, I think it'll be a nice time. We'll have some ice cream. From what I understand... These people have uh, Sound of Young America and Jordan Jesse Go bumper stickers on their cash register, so they're true blue fans. Again, if you're in Denver, join us at Sweet Action Ice Cream from 5.30 to 7 p.m. on Thursday, September 23rd. Thursday, September 23rd, 5.30 to 7, for the Max Fun Meetup. Hope I'll see you there. If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area, you can join me and my friend Merlin Mann for Make Your Thing. Merlin will be introducing my talk, which is about making independent media in the age of the Internet. It includes valuable information like my 12-point system for absolutely 100% guaranteed success. The show is Friday, September 17th at 10 p.m. at the Dark Room Theater on Mission Street. Again, Friday, September 17th at 10 p.m. Tickets are on sale now, and there are very few left. If things sell out, there should be at least a couple of tickets available at the door. You can find more information by going to MaximumFun.org and clicking on Make Your Thing in the right-hand side of the blog under Live Shows. It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest is the actor Elijah Wood. He's one of the stars of the new film The Romantics. It's in theaters September 10th. So... The Romantics is this movie about uh, a very specific uh, time in life, um, mm -hmm. which is, and you know, it's one that a lot of New York Times trend mag trend articles are about, which is this sort of much later transition into full fledged adulthood. Right. 
um, that people are going through. And it's about a, a very tight knit group of uh, about half a dozen or so people mm-hmm. um, who who went to college together and have. Uh, as they say in the movie, have been nicknamed the Romantics because they were always sleeping with each other. Um, right. <laughs> your character is is kind of the uh, doofus of the group. Oh yeah. I wonder if you uh, if you relate to that idea of this small, tight group of people going through huge changes in life. Are there people in in your life that you have a relationship like that with? Um. Yeah, I think there are. Um. I don't feel like I'm at that place yet in my life where I'm starting to reflect in the same way that these characters are. Um, I certainly understand it. But, yeah, I'd, I would say that there's probably a, a core group of friends that I have that I've been friends with for long enough that I think when those those sort of larger questions about the next phase of one's life begin to occur... These are the other kids from the Paula Abdul video. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but there was, you know, the thing about this, this film that I loved, um, it's obviously, it's also based on a book that Galt Niederhofer, who wrote the book and, and ultimately directed the film and adapted her own book. Um, the thing that I loved about it was it had this, it reminded me of, um, of a movie, like it sort of reminded me of the big chill in, in a way, you know, this group of friends, obviously big chill takes place at a funeral. This takes place at a wedding, but just that very present, you know, this, it takes place in kind of a couple of days. Um, it's, it's about this group of friends, uh, you know, it's about the reflections that they have about their own relationships and where they are in their lives. And, um, it feels very present and very kind of now. Um, I love movies that take place over the course of a short period of time, particularly 24 hours, just, there's just something in terms of the energy of the piece, um, you know, that, that sort of kinetic that is focused on, um, you know, these characters ultimately dealing what they have to in a, in a relatable context. Um, so I just, I don't know. I loved, I loved the, the whole idea. And, and I thought that the characters were all very well drawn, especially in the sense that you don't really get to know them beyond the you know the the centerpiece of the film and i thought she did a great job at sort of differentiating between who these people are and not really falling into um common clichés or archetypes necessarily and you got to wear a bow tie so that's great i did get to wear a bow tie and you i tie, loved did that. you tie it yourself i did not i actually do uh, not know how to tie a bow tie you do don't of you of course i do yeah i can tie a regular tie don't you have to go to the uh, to award ceremonies? But those they just make the you know the, there's the clip-ons, then there's the the sort of you know you tie it around the back. Uh huh. Just seems easier. Bow tie seems complicated. It is a little bit complicated. It's yeah. a little bit difficult, but it's also almost the same as tying your shoes, so that helps. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you can do it. I'm gonna learn. Hey, Elijah Wood, I believe in you. Thank you. Elijah, thank you so much for taking this time to be on the San Diego America. It was great to have you here. It's been a pleasure. Elijah Wood is an accomplished actor and record label owner. <laughs> His new film, The Romantics, is out September 10th. It also stars, uh, among others, Katie Holmes, Josh Duhamel, and Anna Paquin. It was really funny. I thought she was very funny. I thought she was great. Yeah. So you've seen the movie. Of course I have, yeah. I am interviewing you about it. That's true. <laughs> Thanks again. <laughs> Thank you.
That's our time for another Sound of Young America program. I have been your host, Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. The show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our associate producer is Julia Smith, and our editor is Nick White. Our intern is... Christian Natividad. He just happened to be sitting there. Um, our development director, Teresa Thorne. You can find us online at MaximumFun.org. Email us, uh, email me, actually, at jesse at MaximumFun.org. It's my actual email address. I actually read it. Don't be mean. Don't correct my grammar. That's lame. Um, yeah, we'll see you online and next week right here on The Sound of Young America. The Sound of Young America is looking for a fall intern. We're sorry to say that our summer intern, Christian Natividad, has to go back to graduate school at USC. Our congratulations to him and an invitation to you to apply for an internship. You have to be in the Los Angeles area and be willing to commit to 15 to 20 hours a week here at the Max Fun office. You'll learn all kinds of cool stuff. You can find more information, including information about how to apply, at MaximumFun.org internships. MaximumFun.org internships. Apply as soon as possible.